Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to The Sound of London. This is Londonist Out Loud. I'm Anne Quentin Wolfe. And you join us midway through a pub tour with the inimitable Vic Norman leading us on a distilled version of his Strand and Goblet tour. If you like the show, demonstrate your affection by going onto iTunes and giving us a lovely, cuddly, warm review. Or indeed, get in touch via any of the usual social media means. It means a lot to hear from you. Among the people who've done that, Konstantin Pineev, who goes by Moscow London on Twitter, has been in touch with some very useful pictures and maps of the bombing that went on around the northern side of the Strand. A couple of bombs in 40 and 41, which looked to be responsible for what we were speculating might or might not be bullet holes in the side of St. Clement Danes church there. Excellent information as always. And he mentions that the church was only fully restored in 1958. Lots of love coming our way for the cycling podcast we did a couple of weeks ago. Jason Cobb, Evo Lucas, thanks very much, guys. And a special thanks to Pedro. And I'm going to take a long run at this one. Figueredo. Figueredo. Pedro Figueredo. I think I've just mangled your name. Uh, but Pedro, thanks very much for the kind words and for being there. Thanks also, Mark Foyle. I hope you're enjoying your walk. And we're going to enjoy our walk as well as we pick up somewhere just slightly north of the Strand. Hey, baby, let me take you down to a place of strange sights and sound. You ain't never seen the light before. Just a strong throw from your front door. Listener, you're joining us, of course, at the start of the second part of uh, a pub tour of London. It's the Strand. What is his way ahead of me? Is it the Strand and Flagon? This one? No, that's Flagon and Dragon. Strand and Goblet. Goblet. Yes, as in of fire. Goblet. Yes. Wine goblet. I don't like the look of this at all. In fact, there aren't many uh, alleyways quite this creepy in London. I've been down a fair number of alleyways. It started out small and glum-looking, and now we're in fire escape territory and at the end there's a man patrolling oh, should we be here uh, well it, it is a public thoroughfare it doesn't so, look very public well it's not a lot of people here absence of people doesn't make it private no um what are we doing this pu- 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 nervous now no no this is fine no, this is normal just follow me to the end of the alleyway no, and I all like will it. be revealed do you know that round the horn uh, joke cross my palm with silver and i shall reveal all well, here's Tuppence, just take your coat off. <laughs> and we're about to go up some steps. Prepare for authentic step noises. Yeah, they seem real enough. You couldn't have stepped any better. You're a pro at this stepping block. I've got my technique now. 
coming out of the alleyway off Strand. I can't say Strand. Correct though it is, it sounds awful. It's a I'm strand. Not, I'm not happy with it. No. No. Well, anyway, where are we now? We've, we've well, emerged on a road full on, of restaurants. Yeah, well, yeah, we're on Maiden Lane. And uh, I come up that alleyway, one, just to beguile people with London's alleyways, but also well, to. Well, that come was a very unbeguiling alleyway. I wish you'd not been down there at night. What happens at night? It's darker. And therefore more mysterious. Is that your beguiling technique? Just make it darker? I think beguiling is enabled, one, by three previous pubs, and two, by darkness. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that all follows. Yeah. That's a hell of a shield they've got outside that pub. Well, this is... This... You mean here? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a pub. Uh, it's part of the restaurant. This is London's oldest restaurant. This is rules on Maiden Lane. That's what, also why I come up here, to point rules out. Uh, glorious. If my history is correct, this was established in uh, 1798. Um, and your observation skills <laughs> on the canopy is also second to none, yeah. Quentin. If, if my historical knowledge uh, extends further, I, th- I think their website is www. Yes, you're clearly a keen student of history. So London's oldest restaurant, Thomas Rule, um, opened it in 1798. They have their own estate uh, in the north of England that source all their game. I have yet to be there, though I am booked in there in February to go for lunch with my wife. Have a look at the menu. Jersey Rock Oysters... Braised wild rabbit and cider. They sometimes have jugged hair. I'm not entirely sure what jugged hair is. It's, I imagine it's like a, a really poor magician's trick. <laughs> Just cram a rabbit into a jug. Your wife's going to be very disappointed. <laughs> yes. Again. again. <laughs> I was alarmed last time. Wasn't I think alarmed, shocked, surprised. Oh, there's a bit of history down here, there, historical uh, text. In the year Napoleon opened his campaign in Egypt, 1798, Thomas Rule promised his despairing family that he would say goodbye to his wayward past. It reads like a novel. Hmm. Settle down. Oh, that was a comma. Settle down and open an oyster bar in Covent Garden. Well, we, we could go on, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, every, everybody I've spoken to have eaten here. And all right, it is a little bit pricier than the average restaurant, but it's London's oldest restaurant. I've looked at the windows, the glorious dining experience. Well, that does look very tasteful. We're on a pub tour, of course. Uh, this week, we're visiting a further three pubs. And the teaser you gave us at the end of last week's episode mm. was that we would be visiting what? Love that we would be visiting one of London's finest gin palaces the only pub in two halves and London's oldest wine bar and which is up first uh, they are in that order in that order okay so we're looking for a gin palace around here now, I've seen pictures we, we went to the Gin Institute up in Portobello Road okay. uh, not so very long ago and made some gin and uh, we were talking uh, both there and in respect to the Gordon riots about the <laughs> gin palaces and they form of course a significant chunk of our history and arguably a low point as well because of the gin epidemic but they always are presented as extremely lavish places hence the word palace in 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 gin palace it was that sense of grandeur because they served an, an exclusive clientele or was the idea like with a i don't know weather spoons or something like that they, they made something very big and spacious for everybody to enjoy no i think i think they were to keep the working classes off the street as a kind of counter-revolutionary ploy. Well, you really, you really mean this as a social engineering move? Yeah, I really do. I think, I think um, substances have been used as counter-revolutionary ploys for centuries. I've been quelling my own revolution for some time in that case. Well, more on that later. That's, that's more evolution. 
devolution. But who was then controlling the gym palaces? Because I didn't imagine that there was any state interference or steering. No, I don't think it was a state thing. I think they were private businesses that set up in, on, on the back of gin being so popular to provide a place to be able to purchase cheap gin and keep them, people inside. Uh, okay. So the tax move was the control, uh, was the control part? I'm, I'm really not sure on that point. Yeah, no. they dropped the they, they made the gin cheaper than beer, didn't they, at one point? Oh, gin was yeah, gin was like water. Oh, probably probably safer than the water. You couldn't have water with gin. You had to have tonic, didn't you? Of course. The reason why we had tonic because you couldn't trust the water, I suppose. Yeah, I seem to remember that tonic was is good for is it quinine or something? Is, well, is, is, is an, that not work against malarial? Oh, that's probably not a problem around here. Malaria? Will we have uh, oh. malarial mosquitoes? No. No, I, I'm, have, I, don't, I haven't. I haven't got one. Around the corner we come. We're at the Roundhouse on Garrick Street. The corner of Garrick Street and New Row, which is a lovely, a lovely lane. I really like this little road. I'm very conscious of how much more touristy it got in about the last minute. I feel like we—I don't know if we were just walking through well, a random so, there's the party. Covent Garden, Covent Garden Piazza. Aha! Is just over there. So part of the West End and we're heading into kind of theatre district down there which is St Martin's Lane so yeah very very busy but uh, I, I did promise you promise you a beautiful curried goat patty is that, are we near the curried goat? We're, we are seconds away it's our fourth pub the curried it's, goat it's, it's on yeah, it's, people get hungry halfway through a tour don't they and uh, I point this out and people nip in to uh, soak up some alcohol before continuing on it's always nice to have a, a potential quick food stop somewhere now i've been on tours with people who quite clearly have arrangements with their food vendors on their trip do you have arrangements no i don't i mean on the on the no i don't have an arrangement with with them at all i have an, on the food tour i have an arrangement that i would be bringing people in on a given time and how many there are and i might get i might get mine for free or whatever sometimes in different places but apart from that no there's no backhanders mm. as such we're passing. Oh, well, it smells uh, it smells very good around here. To our left, Japanese cheesecake is available. To our right, we, you, yes. On the other side of the street, we have uh, a, a Hatter's. We have Hardy's Sweet Shop, and we have Ding Ding Ding. We have Jamaica ah. Patty Company. Hello, mate. Yeah. How are you? All right. I'm on a, a podcast with oh, a Londonist. I'm we've, we've met, I should explain. We've, we've met a man with a black plate, and he's got cake. <laughs> this is Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello. What have you got on your plate? I've got at the moment. I've got um, Jamaican rum cake all the way from Montego Bay. That sounds very uh, nice. A lot of it is made in Cayman Islands, but my wife Jamaican. I have no option. I have to fly it in from Montego Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it costs me more. It's more hassle. It's more expensive, but it's Jamaican. But it is. It is beautiful. <laughs> we get rum cake. Here. Christmas. It's, they've got a coconut rum cake, which is absolutely amazing. Fantastic. But, right, curried goat it is. We're going to have a short break in the uh, podcast <laughs> while we carry ourselves. Not while we carry ourselves, while we eat the curried goat. Yes. Uh, let's, let's break and eat. You are listening to Londoners Out Loud. I'm in Quentin Wolf. I contain one patty. And uh, Vic Norman, my guest, contains also one patty. And very good they were too. They were, as usual... Excellent. I'm into my my goat patty, and that was something else. In, so a, in a good way, not something else. It wasn't a goat patty. I don't mean that. So you well, you mean you curried goat? You're talking mm. about? Are you you rather partial normally to those? I like, well, and that and a bit of jerk chicken done the right way. Yes, the thing is, everyone associates I said, Caribbean or Jamaican food with jerk chicken. Though. 
and uh, and I thought you know a lot of people when I say oh come and have try this curried goat and think goat goat I can't have you know and they, and they try it they think, that's just very special very different well I think that's a strong enough endorsement for that particular place and if we carry on like this we'll, we won't go to the end of the string and on no, which subject which street are we in still and why uh, we're in Euro hmm. it's the most attractive way to come from where we were to where we are going to and where we're going to is the Salisbury began life early 1700s the coach and horses Lord Salisbury oops Lord Salisbury turned it into a gin palace did you do that the sound effect there was that you, you did I, something to something I was trying to I pronounce like a, a comedy uh, sexual harassment encounter I was trying to pronounce last week's special unique French letter but failing miserably excuse me Ooh. oh I see Yes, so, Lord Salisbury, turn it into a gin palace, uh, 1898, I think. Actually, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor celebrated their second uh, wedding here. So, And it's famous uh, theatrically, as you look around, we're in the heart of the uh, theatre district, we're on St Martin's Lane, and that is a beautiful gin palace. Uh, from out here, it's got some of the same qualities that we've seen, I would say, in that Art Nouveau pub. There's a lot of gold leaf from this angle uh, on display but it's also got the uh, the dark wood that we've seen on Fleet Street in fact yeah and the typical etched glass of old Victorian pubs and or gin palaces and, uh, and as you go in it's elaborate lighting marble tiling uh, wooden panelling all of these things these ornate over the top decor is typical of a gin palace well from the Salisbury mm. We're going to start moving, and we're going to move in which direction? We're going to head south towards Trafalgar Square, but a couple of stops first. On last week's show, we were facing abysmal weather. And a week has passed, and you'll be pleased to know, listener, that the sky has lifted, the blue sky has appeared, and we're enjoying the gentle light of the January late evening. Terribly sarcastic. That is actually true apart from the week bit. Well, compared to what it was like, this is quite glorious. So this is, um, here we are now, this is the road off of St Martin's Lane, Cecil Court. Now home to antiques and collectibles and some old bookshops. But this was the inspiration for Diagon Alley. Yes, it's got that vibe about it, doesn't it? Harry Potter was completely filmed within Warner Brothers Studios. but um, And also, it was... Now, where did the inspiration kick in? Because I thought I remembered that uh, the books were written in Edinburgh. Maybe I've made that up. Yeah, I thought, I thought J.K. Rowling uh, was holed up in a cafe somewhere up there. Maybe I've made that up, though. You can tell me I'm completely wrong about her writing location or, indeed, uh, anything else that you've noticed about the show. Hopefully positives, but uh, who knows. On the comment section, both on the Londonist.com page for the podcast, but also on the review section of iTunes. And, uh, listener, if you like the show, uh, uh, do us a... Uh, what's the expression? Do us a... Something wonderful. Do us a... If you like the show... Do us a favour. Do us a favour. Do us a... Mm. One. Solid one? Do us a solid one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's disgusting. <laughs> don't do a solid one. No. Well, I mean, if, you've oh, well, if you're going to do one at all, do it solid. healthier to do yeah. solid. But, um, <laughs> do a loose bowel movement. Do us a... You can't... <laughs> I don't, I don't wish to raise my mic and you say loose bowel movement. <laughs> I'm asking. Do I have to start laying rules down here? <laughs> You're saying. I was, you trying, I, was trying, I was trying to remember the. Is the one. 
Yes, there's an expression. Do us a do do us a solid one. Do us, no, that's a, <laughs> that is one. Is a, I don't think that's an expression. Revolting. I mean, not not a normal expression. Anyway, what do you say when you say do do someone a favour? Do um, someone a favour. You you've done me a favour there, pal. You've done me a one. I owe you one. No, no, no not that. Uh, well, look, while you're on the reviews... Uh, no, don't do it on the reviews page. No, uh, while you're on the, the comment section, if you don't mind reminding me what I should be saying on the podcast as well, it, essentially, uh, if you could give us the material and then comment on the material, listener, that would be awfully helpful. Uh, thank you. You've got patty all over your face, did you know that? Have I really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That should be me. You know, the, this is the peril of having a uh, an, not just a beard, but an extreme beard. Semi-caveman. Are you saying you have an extreme Norm- beard? Yeah I, yeah, I do have an extreme beard. Is this now a sport? Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is the uh, extreme beard. This is the edgy younger version of having a beard. <laughs> extreme bearding. Well, as we proceed down the street, okay. there's some uh, people with a globe spinning on their backs. It's a, sort of a multiple atlas scenario. Those people are made of stone, just perhaps listeners should know. Which, which people are they? Do they have names? I don't know if they have names. But it's, uh, it's the opera, isn't it? So English National Opera. Now, am I right in thinking that there's a spelling mistake up there? Ah! Uh, I think that's not how you spell Colosseum. Are you suggesting that they're omitting... An S. I think that's uh, that might be the problem. I, I that's said, one of the problems, I think. Well, how, how would you spell Colosseum? I, I don't know that I'd dare. You, you don't dare to spell I think Colosseum? I'd, I think I might jangle my vowels about first. Yeah, no, I think I'd need to see it written down, and not like that. Double S-E-U-M sounds right. Yeah, well, I'll go for and that. And the C-O-L bit sounds right. Y- yes. Is, is it an I, though? Somewhere in the middle, we've got a problem. Yeah. I think it should be a double S, the Colosseum. And just to clarify, well, I, you really are listening to two men attempting to spell a word covered in patty. Should we should we throw some facts out? Facts? Yes. Re- about real, what? Real life facts about anything at all? Anything at all? No. Yes. Don't do what you're about to do. What was I about? <laughs> Reel yourself back in. <laughs> are we going to talk about dinosaurs? No. Local facts. Oh. Okay. Local facts. Yes. Local okay. to this area, and okay. perhaps specific to pubs. Okay, you're limiting, you're limiting. Yes. I was going to talk about the London Eye. Wait. I was going to say, did you know why there are 32 pods on the London Eye? Oh, no, why? Each one represents one of the London boroughs. Is that true? Yes, it's a fact. Which one does the red one represent? Which red one? There's a red pod. Red bridge? <laughs> uh, we, we need to keep... I've just seen the time. Good God. Let's keep going. <laughs> Have we actually done a pub yet on this? Yes, we did do one. We did a gym palace. We, we, yeah, we did uh, pub We've number one yes. on, on the second part. We've done, yeah. <laughs> we need some more pubs quickly. Pubs coming up. Well, that's, that's, that's 25 minutes. Oh, what? On, on this so far. We've done 25 minutes on this episode. We haven't done anything. <laughs> we just left the patty was, company across the road. That was very much <laughs> my point. And we oh. didn't even record the eating of the patty. Well, no, it would have been. No, I'm not, I'm not recommending that we should have recorded the eating of the patty. That might be testing the listeners' patience beyond the limit. Would you like me to speed up my walking pace? Uh, no, I'd like you to say something. Like me to say something? No, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I want you to lead a pub tour. 
I'm, I'm attempting to lead a pub tour. I'm distracted continuously. Oh. Well, we've, we've, here we are. We've emerged. Uh, we've arrived at a... Uh, oh, I should know what this memorial is, and I don't. And it says fortitude on one side, devotion on the next. It's a lot like a, a cenotaph. And that is Nurse Edith Cavell, I'm guessing. Yeah. Patriotism is not enough. I must have no uh, hatred or bitterness for anyone. Noble words. Yeah, she was a... Uh, she was very famous in the First World War, wasn't she, for resisting? Yeah. Uh, not successfully in the end. Uh, no, she died in 1915. She was not resistant to bullets. Yes. We're crossing the road now, across to the National Portrait Gallery. I do love London facts. I think there are probably more obscure facts about London than any other city I know. You seem to have very good recall as well. That can only help in your job. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm leading a tour and distributing historical and interesting information about London. So, you, But I've always remembered odd, obscure things. But Have you got a blind spot? A blind spot? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm speaking for myself, I find that there are certain sorts of information I find it very hard to remember you know typically people struggle with dates for example no dates dates i'm really good at um people's names after i've you know met them once i remember their face i know you but i've no idea who they are Mm. so you're okay as long as you don't meet johnson or smith as long as long as i'm touring on my own with no other people i'm fine which, but, after this recording, may be exactly what happens. Well, I see, this is my future career, to, to wander lonely through London, touring myself. So well, There's, a, there's a, an, an amazing piece of public art here. This is, this is innovative, edgy. This is the future. A man dressed up as Yoda, badly. It was innovative and edgy eight years ago in Covent Garden when, when they did the floating, the floating Yodas and the floating... Axemen and all, all of this, and people go, "How is it done? How is it done?" It's bloody obvious how it's done, isn't it? Really, mm. it looks nothing like Yoda. No, I, I mean, he's we're, got a Yoda mask. We're watching the Yoda at the moment, and he's for a start six foot tall, which is not one of the traits you know Yoda for. Uh, he is levitating, but he's also blowing kisses, and, and again, not a not a Jedi master trait. Travesty, he is. <laughs> Trafalgar Square, and yeah. as is traditional, a seagull on top of the head of the statue can i take issue with your claim that's a seagull tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your prime membership stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the amazon music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free that's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, uh, what now? Are, we, are you about to have a funny turn? In that seagulls don't exist. <laughs> funny turn. Funny turn. Carry on. <laughs> There's no such thing as seagulls. Right. We'll get... Well, there are all kinds just, just, of just a set. There are all kinds of goals. There are common goals. There are herring goals. There are black cap goals. There are great something something goals. But there's no actual goal called a seagull. It's just, it's just um, a loose term that all human beings, not all human beings, a lot of people use to to call goals just because they're goals. But whether they're by the sea, whether they've never been to the sea, whether in the middle of the countryside, or whether they're landlocked goals. 
I feel better now. You seem like you needed to get that out. I, I did. It's important. Is this what we do on the podcast? I reckon we go around the tours and you're very polite to all the people on your tours. And then we come on the no. podcast and you, you vent your spleen. No, no, no. There's no, no, no such thing as no such thing as spleen. <laughs> no, I believe I believe there is a spleen. Most people have a spleen. It's, it's the spleen, not a spleen. It's it's spleen. <laughs> 159 spleen. And uh, it's, it is clear to me that there is no public house on Trafalgar Square, and yet we are heading down the steps uh, towards the uh, overflowing fountain. Well, there's no public house on a lot of places we've been to but it's the route through to one. oh i see that and that and i'm going to talk a little bit about some of the unusual things about trafalgar square that you might not know smallest police station in the world and more in the country in the country yeah although it's it's no longer used as a police station it's more of a storage for wires and things but you could fit two police officers near a push i think the, the object we are looking at actually forms part of one of the walls around the square slopes down southeast corner uh, says a local man and it's got a black it's kind of TARDIS uh, size and shape and serves a not dissimilar purpose potentially Uh, I bet it's full of cleaning materials now it serves a not dissimilar purpose to the TARDIS not the time travel element of (laughs) apart from the time what what, uh, which other purpose are you referring to (laughs) (laughs) Uh. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> how on earth do I should we move on we'll just move on let me tell you about something else I think we should do you, right. think, do you think that sign there it's a graphic a you know, red circle with a, a red line slashed through it and it shows a picture it shows a pigeon some food on the floor and a hand that's obviously just served the food up do you think that's a sign for the pigeons attention or ours no I think that's attempt no bad pigeon hand shadows only, yes. Let's leave. Shall I tell you a little bit about Trafalgar Square? Oh, yes, do, please. That's what happens when you're four pubs in. Yes. Or one pub in. So everything you see around you was put in place by 1845, apart from the Lions, which were 1868. And I think, though the jury's still out, I think that they're not based upon cats, then they're based upon dogs. So I think it's done by, is it Landseer who did the Lions? based them for something to do with when a feline as opposed to a canine is resting they have a concave versus a convex back uh yeah i believe the cats were possibly modeled on dogs okay the lions mm-hmm. in uh, their except for the the head and the mane and tail except the fact that it looks like a giant cat yeah yeah all of those yeah. minor details apart from that apart from that also maybe he just made a mistake when he did the back why do we have the fourth plinth do you know why it was going to be William the fourth but they ran out of money right so it stayed empty until like so now to the the recent edition of I like, um, I like what they've got up there at the moment I don't but oh, really? again every single thing they've had up there has been controversial mm, isn't it mm. they had the ship in the bottle yep. they had the boy in a rocking horse they had the the woman, the statue of woman, the armless, legless lady. They had where a public could go up there for an hour and do whatever they want for an hour, didn't they? They had um, they had a giant blue cock. We should we should have done that. Sorry, I came in at the wrong moment. Sorry about to say we should have done that to the previous idea on the plinth. Which what William the Fourth? We should have gone up there and, and broadcast for an hour from the uh, the plinth, shouldn't we? Did you not do that? No, that we should have. That would have interesting, that, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. There is talk of there being a permanent statue put there um, shortly. 
the next couple of years. Of what do we know? I can't bring myself to mention her name because it brings me out in hives. But uh, it's an ex not Diana Prime Minister. Oh, but no, really? We're going to put her up there. There is there is talk. And did you know that before they put Nelson on Nelson's column, there was a meal up there. A meal? Yeah, dinner. What do you mean there was a meal up well, there? Well, before they put Nelson on there, yeah. so it's, it's a flat... Well, it, can't have been a, it can't have been a real meal. The, sea, the, the restaurant. The seagulls would have eaten it immediately. I thought we'd covered that already. Who <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>, a seagull? <laughs> oh, there was a table, chairs, meal. To celebrate the finishing of, the almost finishing of Nelson's Column and um, Trafalgar Square. Well, OK. I'm not going to take this line down. This is a lie. There was not a meal up there. When you go home tonight and Google it... Oh, I see. I'm sure I will receive a text in the morning apologising. OK. But in, in anticipation of that, what the hell are you talking about? The organising committee of the architects... Do you mean a statue of a meal? I don't mean a statue of you a meal. That an would actual be, meal. That would be nonsense. Well, it's nonsense to put a meal up there. Not, 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 for one, didn't just for one put thing, who's going to see the meal? It's all the way up there. Secondly, there were, it'll be gone There were in a dozen seconds. diners. Yes. Table, chair, waiter service. Oh, there were people as well? Yes. People had... They had a, a, a I thought you meant somebody had left a sandwich on a plate up there. No. No, I mean, they had now the organising committee, uh, but somehow got up the top. The table was all laid and everything, and they had a meal on the top of... That wasn't a dream. That's true. I'm sure that's true. Well, I believe you. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of those fellows up on the skyscrapers in the 1920s having their sandwiches. Similarly, no, absolutely. Absolute like in uh, Empire State Building, and they're sat out on a on a girder mm. with nothing but sky and imminent death a short buttock move away. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um. I try and do a link there. We're going to move our buttocks away to to the next pub. Something more amazing to show you than it's the next two pubs are very close. Good job I'm doing this really quick. Out of the bottom end of the Trafalgar Square and here's the statue. It's uh, This is Charles I. Yeah, it's Charles I. On his tiny pony. Uh, Yeah. It's a horse. Ironically, he forever looks down to the very place he had his head removed from his body. Which is, I think, rather sad, really, mm. that he forever looks down to that very place. So, 30th January 1649. But also, really important place. In, that's the exact centre of London. And I know, I know this is controversial, and many people say other things for the exact centre of London. But I'm fairly sure that this is it. Well, a lot of people say just up the, up the way there at uh, Charing Cross Station, just outside, right. don't but they? But the reason they say that, I think, and some London cab drivers will tell you the same. So, if you go back to King Edward... His wife, Queen Eleanor, he was in Scotland. She went to Lincoln or York or something. She took ill. She died. So grief-stricken was the king. Had a body brought back to London, decreed everywhere the body stopped for the night there, they should build an Eleanor cross, right? So 12, 13 crosses were built. So there are only three remain. There's a replica Eleanor cross outside Charing Cross Station, but the original one was right there. What leads you to think that? What leads me to think it? Oh, that was the wrong question to ask. Which <laughs> is like... What leads me to... I, no, I don't just a, a, think a, a, it. I, a regal disdain has crept into you. I read I read it in, in a proper history book. Well, that's good enough for me. Yeah. 
but that's a replica Eleanor Cross, yes? Can I, can I just put, I don't know if you were conscious of this, but when I challenged you just then, you're carrying an umbrella that is furled, but you extended your handle as if just, ready to strike. Did I? On guard? <laughs> yes. Of course, everybody knows the story about Big Ben and how it's not Big Ben, so I don't need to go through that, do I? Yeah, well, you know what's going to happen if we start asserting what it is, though? That people say, well, I don't. You mean... Well, they'll say, well, no, it's not St. Stephen's Tower, it's actually Elizabeth Tower with Big Ben underneath the, underneath St. Stephen is Big Ben, and big, it was Sir Elizabeth Ben who was originally the t- tower that leaned slightly, well, I know it's actually the House of Parliament that leaned slightly. Are all your listeners Eton alumni? That's just, that is one listener. He's oh, very irritated. Oh, it Stop listening, that listener. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big Ben, well, Big Ben's the bell, isn't it? Has it been tidied up? It looks suspiciously shiny and colourful. Could be the light. I think I haven't seen any scaffolding or tarpaulin or or anybody hosing it down. I'm I'm not wrong, am I? That looks the the gold has got a particular vibrancy. Yeah, it could be the the late afternoon sun shining across its burnished facade. Uh, Yeah, I was just thinking all over its burnished facade. (laughs) Yeah, it's not half. (laughs) Let's go and find the pub. Yes, let's repair to the pub. Despair to the boat. It's quite, it's quite mild now, and it is blue sky. It's quite, it's quite nice. Not a drop of rain. Yeah. This, this is really interesting. Uh, Be- Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin, Franklin House. We've, we've recorded here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, wonderful place. Right. So, well, you know the story about it already. I don't waste waste your time talking about it. But you know, um, potentially, this was America's first ever embassy, but. Not technically America's first ever embassy, I believe. I have this on faith from a US naval... Gazer. Naval Gazer, no. Works for the US naval. Office. First ever US yeah. embassy was actually in Morocco. Okay, there's a link between Benjamin Franklin and the pub we're about to go to. Which is? In, you drank there. In the, it was his local. And uh-huh. So Benjamin Franklin said, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Those words are written on the benches. In pub number two on this particular tour, the ship and shovel, the only pub in two halves. The Sound of London, Londonist Out Loud with N. Quentin Wolfe. Listen free every week on your favourite podcast platform, subscribe via iTunes and get great extra content at Londonist.com. Tweet the show at Londonist Sound and see pictures of all our guests on the Londonist Out Loud stream on Instagram. You are listening to Londonist Out Loud, present and correct and uh, about to enter a pub, the ship and shovel, which one must be careful to enunciate correctly. For a podcast. Yes, in that it's not shovel, it's shovel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, you're quite right. I knew that what you meant was the pronunciation of ship, but um, I thought I would point out that many people say it's ship and shovel, but um, actually it's double L because it's named after Admiral Shovel. Uh, Admiral Chevel, surely. Yes. Aha. Very good. I did that deliberately. Um, Originally it was only on one side. Um, and when the Thames was embanked, we talked about that um, a while ago last week, did we not? When the Thames was embanked, they bought a warehouse in, that was on the banks of the River Thames as well, and they made the only pub in two halves. There was a tunnel underneath, a proper tunnel and not an archway, that connects the two. It's a staff tunnel. 
Obviously, a normal pub would have a cellar underneath it, but it being a pub in two halves, sometimes there's a necessity to connect the two halves in terms of food, etc., etc. And all the offices and other things are, are underneath as well, but, but it's quite interesting. This should be fairly straightforward then if we open up one of these manhole covers up here and uh, do a bit of a hat and garden job uh, straight down, we'll mm. find the beer. We could get away with £14 billion pounds worth oh. of ale. Yeah, mm. I'm less interested. No diamonds down there. Okay. Um, where are we going next? We're going straight through. This is who's this bloke, by the way? Who is he? Apple Chevelle. Chevelle. Yes. What's he? Is he, he noted he, for anything in particular? Um, yeah, the pub named after him. He didn't did. He? Yeah. And invented a instrument of navigation. The only instrument of navigation that I know. Um, the sextant. Was it the sextant? It wasn't the sextant. It was another one. The septant. It was the later version. You know, like the iPhone <laughs> the 7. iPhone 7. The, the octant. <laughs> Invented the octant. What I really want is that uh, Pentium processor noise to kick in there. <laughs> the septant. <laughs> no, you did that very well. Oh, yeah, you. it was the septant. Should we progress? Should we go, we'll go straight through Craven Passage? Yes. <laughs> we, will, we will indeed. The end of the double entendres, then. Well, do you I think? I don't know. They keep uh, they, they keep popping up unexpectedly. Well, I, I actually don't really like double entendres, but every now and then I will slip one in. The Charing Cross Theatre Players Bar and Kitchen. They walking underneath the station. I thought there used to be a magic shop down here. Really? I might be imagining it. No, it, I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking underneath. Uh, you mean invisible? No. No, it's not just smoke and mirrors hidden away. I'm sure, somewhere. it was here. I thought they used to sell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they used to sell uh, magic tricks. It's escaped. <laughs> it's heaven. Oh yes, yes. I didn't know I'd be seeing heaven with you. That's exactly. Yes, handy in Craven Passage. And we've got the entrance to Charing Cross on our uh, right, and we're into that little pedestrianised road that, uh, well, not entirely pedestrianised, but um, the one that leads us down from Strand down to Embankment Station. So do you, do you know where we are now? Yeah, I'm just, not asking I just, you for I just describe where we were. Uh, what do you mean? In the, do, you, do you know this area? Yes, mm-hmm. I know this area. Just over there we've got the Hungerford footbridge. Uh, on the other side we've got the Shell Building and uh, Holland and Barrett. Yes. yes. I, I find it's always handy to... Thomas Exchange Global yeah, Limited, I think, is near navigate here. Navigate by health food stores yes. in London. But no, we're, we're coming to an end now, and the, the final pub is, is just up here. If you've never really? been in here... There's a pub here? Well, yes, that's, we're on a pub tour. We're, yeah. going, we're going to a pub now. There's no pub here. Where's there a pub there? We're looking down at, towards Embankments. No, there's no pub. Well, then allow me to surprise you. Shall I tell you a little bit about it first? Yes, please do, yeah. If you've not been here, it's a very, very special place. To well, I've been, to. I've been here. I've been yeah, here many know, times. You've not been there's to... There's no... Well, no. There's no pub. So when I take you to a pub... Do you mean Do you mean down there? What do you want me to do? Take you there first or tell you about it? I mean, if we go far enough you. in that direction, we'll eventually hit the pub. Yeah, but it has to get very wet first. Across the river. No, it's this side of the river, this side of the station. This is where 
the Strand and Goblet tour ends. I've referred a couple of times uh, this week and last week to the Thames being embanked, yes? So back before the Thames was embanked, there was a warehouse building on the banks of the River Thames, which when the Thames was embanked suddenly became redundant because it was no longer a warehouse building on the banks of the river because the banks of the river were set further back. Would they have uh, had to knock it down, or how did it? No, no, no. How did no. it continue it to stayed, exist at all? It could. Oh, thank you for the question. It continued to exist because they turned it into what is now London's oldest wine bar. Let's see. Deep underground in caves and tunnels. Ah. Do you know of what I speak? No, no, I don't. Allow me to show you my. No, allow, Tun- me, allow me to show you. Allow me to show you the tunnels. The, the, the caverns and the Good and the tunnels. The real caverns and tunnels underneath Villiers Street that is Gordon's Wine Bar. Absolutely amazing. Well, there's a little gateway off to our left. I think that's where we're going. And it's next to a snack shop. Very unassuming entrance. Down a few steps and we find ourselves in a long yard with barrel tables. And if we head through the doorway to our left, down a few more steps and we emerge in a room wood panels, wood supports and further down into a vaulted ceiling, very low vaulted ceiling area, can't stand up straight the look and feel of a crypt apart from the trappings of a public house it feels as though we're riding down a a corkscrew (laughs) and we've come around several times and we find ourselves back at the front door what a great place Gordon's wine we're doing the whistle stop version of the tour here and rather than stopping for a pint we're going to bring ourselves to a halt outside what a great place that's got a unique feel that's great isn't it yeah, yeah really unusual uh, yeah I think and uh, what are we on about four or five o'clock probably not five o'clock yet in the afternoon and the place is pretty much packed out uh, this is open seven days a week it's open it's, it's absolutely heaving in here can you imagine on a on a friday night when i'm bringing a tour of 20 25 people you're either uh, very popular or very unpopular depending on business Oh, well, it's, just, it's just another 25 people out of the hundreds. I mean, all looking down here is a, a, a long terrace, about a 100-metre long terrace. Um, there might be 40, 50 people along here now. This is absolutely rammed with hundreds of people come the night time. But, um, yeah. Um, that brings us uh, reluctantly to the conclusion of a two-week tour of just a few blocks really uh, yeah ostensibly we haven't gone so very far in, in uh, nautical miles we've gone uh, one tube station over to the west haven't we really we started at temple and we finished at embankment well listener thank you for your uh, your endurance really <laughs> you've done well bearing with us yes, yes. and we're going to leave you uh, just about there if you want to embark on one of vic norman's to another of vic norman's tours and be confused by him in person rather than via the wireless the correct url is www.londonpubtours.weebly.com well i wasn't expecting that what the website the, we- the weebly part of it why have you got weebly in your name okay well it's yeah it's a subdomain when i first set it up many 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 years ago 
Um, Weebly's a kind of drag and drop web builder. I built my own website, and they said it's if you if you call it our domain name, it's completely free. So I thought, oh, that sounds good. So I'll do that. And um, years later, when I'm become sort of the, kind of the biggest or most famous pub tour company, people say, well, why, why do you have the Weebly one? It's a dot com, but but so many hits on the website now um, that'd be foolish to change the name. So I kind of kept it. So you'd be victim of my own success. Sticking with your Weebly, I'll be sticking with it. Yeah, good. Well also available on Twitter and uh, Facebook and you can find those links on the page uh, below where you're listening to this show but for this week um, uh, last week as well Big Norman thanks very much thank you again and that's all for this week my thanks for this week to Vic Norman thanks too to Bernie Barkley theme and incidental music was by Songs from the Howling Sea and then Quentin Wolf. of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.